Today we are so blessed um, to have someone come that is no stranger to us, um, a really great uh, friend, man of God, and so excited for what God's doing in his life. Uh, Pastor Eric and Katie have, have come to share with us what God is doing in their church plant in Grove City. Um, it was almost a year um, ago that uh, they left to to go and do that, and we're just so excited to hear from them and what God is doing, and give you opportunity to support them and uh, and for us as a body to come alongside of them. Amen. So, would you welcome Pastor Eric and Katie Zimmer back to Biswell Assembly? Guys, good morning. It's so good to be here. I got to tell you a story. Um, this is not a story that happened to me, but this is a funny story, um, and I think you're going to like it. Um, there's a story. This guy is um, got this old microwave at his house, right? Anybody have old appliances at your house? Guy has an old microwave at his house, and it gets to the point that he just can't cook food in it anymore, and he puts like a slice of pizza in there for like 30 minutes, and it's not getting uh, warm, and so this guy just like flips out like rage monster on this microwave picks it up, rips it off the counter, kicks open the front door, and tosses it out into the yard. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever wanted to do that with a piece of equipment of some sort? Your computer, maybe, or your phone, or your TV remote, or if some of you, your car, if you could pick it up, you would do that with? And some of you are saying, no, I wouldn't do that, but guys, I know you. Jesus is watching. No, um, so... Here, here's the point of this. The guy throws that microwave out there in the yard, and just at that moment, there's a car driving by, and somebody stops and gets out of that car and says, do you need, do you need a new microwave? Because I've got one right here that I was just going to get rid of, but it works, and you can have it if you want it. And so this guy takes this microwave and has a microwave for several years that he can heat up his Hot Pockets and uh, all that stuff in just because it was the right place at the right time, Right? There's so many variables that go into that. If he would have taken him a little bit longer to get it ripped off the counter and threw it out in the yard, that car may have already passed, right? If he was a rational human being and said, well, I'm just going to, you know, dispose of this properly and put it somewhere, then he may not have ended up with a microwave for free. And so that's a really silly, ridiculous story, but it's all about being in the right place at the right time. And I tell you this story because in a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit more about where we're at, the places where we live, the places where we walk, both literally and kind of figuratively in our minds and in our hearts. And we're going to talk about where we are and talk about where we could be and the places where God wants us to be and how we're going to get from here to there and the things that God can do when we find ourselves in his timing at the right place and the right time. So that's where we're going today. I just wanted to throw that out at the beginning, and I do just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Joe and to all of you for allowing Katie and I to come out and share today. Um, it really means a lot for us that you guys would be so open and willing to let us come back and to share about what we've been doing um, you know, Katie is from here. I am not from here, but in a very real sense, Byesville is like home now, right? So um, I guess I'm stuck with you guys, and you guys are stuck with me. Um, <laughs> you've got the, all those family members, right? Um, 
And, and you know what, like pastors Dustin and Hannah, like that's going to happen like with you guys too. I was not expecting that, but it's like, it's just home now. And it's always going to be um, in, in one way or another, like home coming back in here. So thank you guys so much for letting us come. Um, just to fill you in on where we've been, what we've been doing. We've been in Grove City, Ohio for the last year. It's been almost a year. Grove City is on the southwest side of Columbus. Um, so if you're familiar at all with the Columbus area, we're kind of down in that region, and the reason that we left a year ago was because we knew and felt in our hearts that God had called us to go and plant a church. We don't really know anything about planting a church. Um, It's something that I'd always kind of kicked around as an idea, and God opened it up for us to be able to do that. And so that's where we've been. Um, We've been involved in in the workforce. Katie is working at um, a bank, and I'm working at an electronics store, um, which is just great. And so we've got all these things going on. Um, and it's so cool. The opportunities that God has given us when we've been in these places. And I want to share some of that with you. You know, I'm working at at this place that is largely filled with people who don't know anything about Jesus. And here I am coming in here, not just a, a Christian, but a pastor. And so when I first started working, everybody would say, well, what did you do before you started working here? I said, well, I was a pastor. I worked at a church full-time for like six years. That was my job. That's what my degree is in. That's what I do. And I had this, this one person I was having this conversation with. She, I told her that, and she looked at me really confused. And there was this pause, and she goes, so do you, like, handle snakes and stuff? Like, <laughs> like that kind of place? Like, I mean, you know, literally, like, no really idea of what church is like. And so... Not only do I get to share with her about what I have done and and what I've been doing with my life, but I get to share with her about who Jesus is. And I've had people that are not Christians that know that I am a Christian, I'm a pastor, and they've got something going on in their life, and they'll come up to me and they'll say, you pray, right? Can, Can you pray for me? Because I've got this going on or I've got that going on. And every opportunity that I get like that is an opportunity to share Jesus, and it's amazing. Katie has had the same sort of opportunities at her work with people that she works with. She's been able to develop friendships um, with them, and she's going to share a little bit more about some of that later. But just been able to develop friendships and relationships with people, um, even in places where we're not technically ministering, God is opening up doors for us to be able to share. And so it's amazing. Um, I just wanted to give you kind of that quick update. We are targeting right now launching our church publicly in September. Uh, September 23rd is the date that we have uh, marked off for that. And we've been hosting a Bible study in our apartment for the last uh, several months. Once a week, we have about 10 people attending. And uh, most of them are very new Christians or have no religious background at all, which is amazing. And it's so cool to be able to talk to these people who, I mean, it was just Christmas time. And I, I, you know, I'm here thinking, well, everybody knows the Christmas story. Not everybody knows the Christmas story. We have people that are in our Bible study and they're like, well, I've never heard that before. I didn't, I mean, I knew that there was like a manger in Jesus, but I didn't really know what the purpose of that was, what it was all about. So all that to say, it's just been amazing the opportunities that God has given us. And our vision really from the beginning that we felt like God gave us was that we needed to build this church through relationships because we feel like that's the the most effective way to do it is to build relationships with people um, and to help them come alongside uh, and follow Jesus. And so God has been opening up the doors for that. And we are super excited because... We're in a place that needs to know Jesus. 
I mean, Cambridge is a place that needs to know Jesus. Byesville is a place that needs to know Jesus. Certainly Columbus is a place that needs to know Jesus. Grove City is the second largest suburb of Columbus, and it's the second fastest growing it's actually doubled its population since 1990, but there's no, there was no Assemblies of God presence in that city up until uh, September of last year. There's another pastor that's planning a church there, so there's going to be two of us there. Very little Pentecostal influence. And here's the thing. The city is experiencing tremendous growth in population and economics and infrastructure, but they're in need of a spiritual revival and a spiritual awakening 86% of the people in our community say that they believe in God, but two-thirds of them have no involvement in faith at all. I believe in God, but it means nothing for their day-to-day life. So we're growing in one area, but we're shrinking in another, and we're trending in the wrong direction. And it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing because we know that Jesus is the answer for all of the things that we deal with in life, that God has the power to save and transform people's lives. And ironically, that's what everybody's looking for. That's what everybody there is looking for. It's what everybody here is looking for. They're looking for something or someone to give them purpose and fulfillment in their lives And they just don't even recognize and realize that Jesus is the answer. And so that's why um, we are where we are. That's why we're doing what uh, we feel like God has called us to do. And I think that that's a calling that we all share, um, to be able to reach out and share Jesus with people. I remember the very first time I walked into or ever had any type of understanding of what a church plant was. I was in college and I was a part of this ministry team that would travel around and do uh, services and things for youth groups. So we would do music and preaching and all those things. And I'm traveling and I'm driving my car and there's a couple other of us in this kind of line of all the people that are going. And we pull up to this building and I, I literally thought that we were lost because we just pulled up into this like little strip mall thing. And I was like, oh, we can't find the church that we're going to. We don't know what's going on. And I get out and I realize that the church is here in this, this strip mall, which was mind-blowing for me because I had never known church to be anything outside of this big, beautiful building with pews and all this, you know, amazing decorations and architecture. And here is this group of people that love Jesus so much and love the community so much that they're just meeting in what was essentially just a big open room with chairs in it in, in this, this kind of strip mall place. It was amazing. And it really kind of sparked that interest in me for church planning. And I think about all the people's lives that have been changed through that church and through the multiple churches that have been planted all around the country. And I think about this church. I think about when this church started. I mean, I have read the history and I've heard the history of this church. It started with a handful of people that said, we need a spirit-filled, Bible-believing church in Guernsey County in Byesville, and a couple people stepped out in faith to make this happen, to follow God's plan, and look at what has happened over the past is 90, over 90 years. Is that right? Yeah. Think about all of the amazing things that God has done through this church and through the people of this church. This is why Katie and I have been 
called to plant in. It's definitely a journey. Some days are fun and exciting. Some days are draining and depressing. But we keep moving forward because God has the power to transform lives. I've experienced it. You have experienced it. We know it. God has the power to transform lives. And here's the thing. Once we, once we accept Jesus, once we know him as our Savior, he's got this tendency to keep moving us. So in other words, like, we don't just accept Jesus and then it's just, you know, kind of this dull, boring life. Like, Jesus gives us adventure, and he keeps moving us from place to place to place. Have you noticed that? Maybe not as far as the location where you live and work goes, but in this journey of following him, he takes you from where you are to where he wants you to be, where you're at now to where you could be or where you should be. And he's continually moving and working in your life. And I really feel like that is, is it's what God does, but it's really the mission of the church, right? The church should be about helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Yeah, it's a place for worship. It's a place where we can hear the word. It's a place that we can gather together and fellowship. But in all of those things, it's all driving us to the same place. That we are all together journeying from where we are to where God wants us to be. I'm going to be looking uh, at a few scriptures in the book of Acts today. So if you want to um, open up the book of Acts, I'm going to start in verse number one. And I'm just going to kind of walk through Uh, Some of the stories and some of the things that go on throughout the book of Acts, because that's really where we see the early church. That's where we see church planters. That's where we see somebody like Paul who goes out on missionary journeys and plants churches all around the world in places where nobody had even heard the name of Jesus. And he does amazing things. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus' final words to the disciples before he ascends into heaven is this in in chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in other words, you are going to be my witnesses, but it's not just going to be to this city. It's not just going to be to this region. It's going to be to the ends of the earth. He's instructing them to take the good news of him as Savior, as God's Son who gave his life for the salvation of mankind. He's instructing them to take that to the entire world. And they do that. They take the gospel. They preach to people. And Acts chapter 2, verse 42 gives us a picture of the early church. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Moving from here to here. Progressing, moving forward, allowing the Holy Spirit to change people's hearts and lives, and people are being added in every single day. People are coming to Jesus. I think sometimes it's so easy for us. It's easy for me. I think it's easy for a lot of us to get kind of caught up in our daily lives, the daily grind, the things that we do every day that just sort of become routine for us. And that could be something as simple as, you know, the people that we interact with at work, the things that we do like that. 
and everything just becomes so routine for us. And sometimes it's, it's easy to miss the things that God might put in front of us as far as opportunities go. To be able to do what is in here, to be able to come alongside people, to teach people, to help people, and to eventually bring people to Jesus, to help them move from here to here, and to help us move from one place to another as we grow in our faith and our understanding of God. That is how the early church started. That's how we got the gospel all the way around the world. I mean, this church was not, I mean, this is not the area that Jesus walked. Somebody had to come over to this part of the world and continue to tell people about Jesus over and over throughout the ages for us to end up here. I think we all have a responsibility to do those types of things, to help people find Jesus and to move forward in their relationship with him. If I skip forward a little bit in the book of Acts, um, like I said, I'm going to just kind of skip around because I just want to get a big sort of a 30,000-foot view of, of what's going on here in Acts and with some of the church planting stuff. Um, Acts chapter 16, there's this man named Paul, while you're turning, there's a man named Paul who was a Jewish Pharisee, and he persecuted and killed Christians. But God got a hold of his heart in a very real and amazing way. Talk about transformation. Talk about moving somebody from where they are to where God wants them to be. I mean, this guy's transformation was radical. I mean, he would be the guy that would walk into this church, and everybody would be like, uh, what, what, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Why are you here? What am I supposed to do with you now that you're here? He was that kind of guy. Everybody was afraid of him, but God changed his life in an amazing way. And here's what it says in Acts 16, verse number 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Sometimes God will put things in your heart in terms of a vision or a plan or something like that that might seem I mean I'm imagining this to uh, you know from Paul's perspective Paul has done amazing things already at this point and he has this vision of somebody in a place that you know, as far as we are aware Christianity had never really gotten to and he has this vision of of you know, God basically saying through this man, come over here and share the gospel with us. And I just try to imagine what that was like for Paul. What would that be like for me if, if that happened to me? And God said, go here. What's one of my first responses going to be? Because I'm human. Like, no, I don't want to move. I don't want to go over there. I'm comfy here where I'm at, right? I'm comfortable right here. But God calls Paul to go do something new and to go do something different. And then there's these amazing things that happen, and Paul travels all around the area. And here's, here's kind of where I'm working up to because I like this verse, and I think it's amazing. In chapter 17, which is just going to be probably the next page over, it says this, When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis, I think that's right, 
and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. So here's the deal. Paul and his companions are there, and they're preaching the gospel, and people are getting saved. And it's amazing. People are following Jesus. Paul is doing his part in fulfilling the Great Commission and helping people move to where God wants them to be. But then it says in verse number 5, But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house. Jason is the guy that was like letting Paul and his buddy stay there. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. Worldwide impact. I like the way the English Standard says it. It says, these men who have turned the world upside down have also come here. I don't know if it's just my personality or kind of what it is about me, but I would love to kind of have that reputation that I had turned the world upside down. I don't know. I mean, obviously that that gets them in some interesting places, but think about all the amazing things that God has been doing. And how far the gospel is spreading and what the, the news of these guys, even before they, they get there, because the news is spreading all over the world. These guys are turning the world upside down. In other words, we are here. This is where we've been. This is where we're comfortable. This is what we like in our world, in our life, in our society. And then here comes these guys, and they're trying to get us to move from here to here. They're trying to get us to move from where we're comfortable and where we like it and where things are, are pretty well spelled out for us and we know what to expect. And now they're coming in with this, this gospel. What is this gospel? And they're, they're taking us over to this new place. And a lot of people were hesitant to that. But I hope you're beginning to see that when, when God calls you, and I think that God has called, you know, me and Katie, obviously, if you're, you know, minister here, but I think God's called all of us to share the gospel. And I hope you're beginning to see that it's all about helping people move from where they are to where they could be or where they should be. And it begins to change our hearts and our lives so that we move from where we are now to another level where God wants us to be or where we could be. It's this constant cycle of discipleship and development. In the next chapter over, Paul is concluding this this journey that he's been on. And there's a, there's a verse, it's, it's Acts 18, verse 19. They came to Ephesus, and he left them there, but he himself went into the synagogues and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. So Paul stops through this town, Ephesus, on his way back home from this journey around the world. Sometimes God plants something in our heart or drops something in our heart. We may not even understand why. We may not even understand why we're at that point, but it might be something that God is developing in us for later because here's what Paul says. He says, 
basically says, you know, I kind of like it here. I mean, he stayed for a little while. He says, I'll return to you if God wills it to be. So he's got kind of this this uh, sense already of what the city is like, and he says that he'll stay if God sets it up for him. I think sometimes God drops things in our hearts that may not be for right now, but it might be for a different time in the future when God wills it. When I shared that story about being in college and experiencing that, that church plant, that was, that was the day that uh, the spark was kind of lit for me. I want to do this. This is something that I want to do in my life. Except it was 10 years before I'm getting the chance to do that. Why? Because there was development needed in the process. God needed to move me from this place to this place in order for that to happen. There's a story of, uh, I, I read this in, in a book that talks about church planning. There's a story of this pastor who was traveling through a town, and he just, uh, he was traveling through, had no plans to stay or stop there really, but he was just traveling through, and he was hungry, and he stopped at a McDonald's for lunch. And he's sitting inside McDonald's, and there's this big football-like, you know, defensive lineman-sized guy riding in on a bicycle and walks into that McDonald's and looks around looking around at everybody sitting in there, and he says, you, God has called you to plant a church in this city. <laughs> and that pastor's like, what? What do you mean? Where do you think the story went? The pastor moved back and planted uh, a church in that city. God drops these things into our hearts, and sometimes we don't always know what to expect. We don't always know what's going on, but God drops these things in our hearts, and God is faithful. If we continue to serve him and follow him, God's faithful to move us where he wants us to be. It's about being in the right place at the right time, right? Like, if we are aligned with God's will and we're following him, then he's going to make sure that we're in the right place for these things to happen. But it's this journey. We have to be willing to follow God in these places that he leads. It's amazing because later on, Paul returns to Ephesus, spends uh, over two years with them in that city. And there's actually a book, uh, Ephesians, that Paul wrote later on in his life when he was in prison. He writes it to the church at Ephesus. And we don't have time to go through it all this morning, but if you, you don't even have to read it. Take a glance through the book and see how many times there are passages or phrases like this. And Paul says, you were once like this, but now you're like this. He'll say, you were dead, but now you're alive. You used to do these kinds of things, and these things weren't good, but now you're doing these things. It's all over that entire book. Paul recognizes the transformation that was made, that these people, as they learned Jesus and as they followed him and as they opened their lives to him, they were able to move from here to here, from where they were to where God wanted them to be. And it's amazing that there's so many things like that. And here's the, the real point of this all today. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is that when we accept Jesus as our savior, he starts us on this journey. He starts us on this path and we're constantly being changed and, and transformed. And like, that can sound like a bad thing, right? Like, especially if you kind of like, you know, you kind of feel good about yourself. You're like, well, I don't know. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Like, I don't know if I really need to change. 
And you can be resistant to that change, but that change is a good thing because it gives you fulfillment in your life. It brings adventure and it brings the, the idea that we are fulfilling the things that God has called us to do. I mean, it, it's that old thing, right? Like if you're not growing, you're dying. Something that isn't growing is dying or it's already dead. And so we have to, just as people, be continually developing and learning and moving. And that is the gospel, that we move from where we are to where we should be and to where God wants us to be. It's the story of the gospel. It's the story of accepting Jesus for the first time. It's the story of church planning, but it's the story of our lives. It's the story for each and every one of us that's here today. Because how many of us would say things about our life like this, that we are stressed out? How many of you would say that or have said that before? You don't have to raise your hands, but think about it. (laughs) Think about it. How many of you would say today or have said, I'm worried? I'm fearful about what's going to happen. I'm unsure about how I'm going to make it through this. We heard a message from the Lord earlier, and what was the message? That God, in his power, can take what needs to be healed and bring healing. What needs restoration, and God can restore it. What needs delivered, and God can deliver it. That's the story of our lives. We all have these different things going on. Maybe we struggle with sin. Maybe we have a relationship that needs restored. Maybe we're just struggling with finding the purpose of our lives and saying, God, if this is all I'm going to do with my life, I just don't know how much longer I can go. There's got to be more than this. I mean, these are the things that all of us struggle with kind of on a day-to-day basis. And I don't know where exactly you find yourself here this morning, but I want you to know that the same God that in the book of Acts and all throughout the Bible took people and moved them from here to here, from this place to this place, from a life that was boring and, and purposeless to a life that was amazing and had purpose. And, and had meaning and was going somewhere and was doing something and was helping people. The same God that has healed other people all throughout time can heal you today. The same God that brought deliverance to somebody else can bring it to you today. The same God that encouraged somebody else can help you move from being discouraged to lifted up. That same God is here today. And I encourage you at some point today, whether that is kind of in the next few moments as, as we're working towards wrapping some of this up, or whether it's later on today, this afternoon, this evening, I encourage you to take some time just to spend with God for a couple minutes and say, God, I need to move from here to here. God, I need you to move me to where I should be. I need you to do a great work in my life. I need you to transform my life. If you will take the time to ask for that, I guarantee you that God will do it. See, God's not going to force that upon anybody. God's not going to force you probably to change the things that are going on in your life. You're going to have to make a step that says, God, I want to do that. And as you do that, God is going to be faithful to make sure that that happens, to make sure that you are moving and growing God has given us this incredible opportunity to become involved in a new and growing community where people need to know him. 
He's been blessing us with new friendships, new connections. And over the last few months, he's already brought to us people who have experienced that transformation. They've experienced what it's like to come to know Jesus and have their life all of a sudden start to move forward in a new way and to be transformed and to be uh, put in those situations where they're at the right moment at the right time. Like I shared earlier, we have about 10 people that are coming to our Bible study right now, and they are all experiencing. They're all in different levels of their faith in different places. They have different backgrounds, but they're all learning what it's like to move from an old life to a new life. They're learning what it's like to follow Jesus with their whole heart, that it's not just about some old religious rituals, but that it's about a relationship. They're learning those things, and they're, they're allowing God to move them in a new direction with their life, and it's really amazing. And, you know, when Katie and I were thinking about what we were going to do when we came over here, you know, we kind of thought, like, we could tell you some of their stories, but I think it would be cooler if you would hear it from them. So we brought a video, uh, firsthand kind of stories of some of the people that are coming to our Bible study. These are the people that God has uh, given us the amazing opportunity to pastor and to help along that journey and to help bring them to Jesus. Um, they're some of, the, some of the, the key members, really, of our church in its early stage. And we just wanted to, to kind of let them speak to you. And they were pretty excited about doing it. Again, some people without any religious background, they were kind of like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Like, I want to I share this. Um, and I want to share this journey. So um, they're going to play that in just a second. And uh, then uh, Katie's going to come up and share a little bit more about what's been uh, happening. So uh, you guys can go ahead and roll that video.
I hate doing this. If you know me, I hate doing this. But um, thanks, guys, for having us. I appreciate it so much. I can't believe it's been a year already. Um, this year has been crazy and a whirlwind. It feels like it went so fast. Um, just establishing ourselves in jobs and uh, Eric having what I call his first real-world job since he was only a pastor. I'm like, welcome to the world of customer service. So he's learned a lot through that. Um, but uh, to just to touch on some points that he's already talked about and where we're at now, um, the people in the video are just people that like have been in our everyday lives and just learned to basically say, hey, I want to get to know you. Come over for dinner. Everybody loves food. Food makes people happy. So before Bible study, I cook a meal and everybody just comes over and we spend like an hour just hanging out before we even do anything and just eating and um so I just started anybody, like our neighbors are coming, so I'm from here, so everybody already knows me, I say my last name, everybody already knows my family, and so this has been such a new experience because it's like I know nobody, and so just anybody I meet, I just start talking to them, invite them out, people who don't match my personality necessarily, I've learned to love and um, spend time with and um, it's just been really cool. Um, I just want to share a couple of things that um, weren't on there, a couple of victories that I like to call. Um, so one of the guys um, that's been coming to Bible study, he has no biblical background. He's one of the guys that, um, as Eric was telling the Christmas story, I was kind of like, you need to stop because I'm not sure everyone has heard the Christmas story. And it's really cool to kind of back ourselves up and start um, from scratch and really think about um, those type of things. And so um, he had been coming for a couple months, and we weren't really sure. We weren't, like, really asking him a bunch of questions. We were just kind of letting him live it out. He, he's been there every week since um, the first week if he's not working, so that's been really cool. And one week, I don't even know what we were talking about. We were talking about prayer maybe, and um, he's just like, I want to share something. And his girlfriend looks at him like, you never talk. What are you going to share? And he's... He's been looking for a job, and he's like, I just decided to pray, which he has never prayed before in his life. He's like, I just decided to pray because I was getting frustrated, and nothing was coming about. And he's like, and the next day, I got an email about a job, and now he's getting ready to interview for that job. So that's one of the really cool small victories, um, I think, that we've had so far. And um, then this past week, one of the girls in the video um, she got some bad news about a family member, and it was like, I don't know, probably like 8 o'clock at night. And she's like, are you home? And usually she's like, she's young, about 10 years younger than us, and usually she's like, do you have a cup of sugar, or do you know how to make this? Like, it's real. People ask for cups of sugar from their neighbors because she has so much more energy from, than me. I get home from work, and I put on my pajamas, and she texts me, are you, are you home? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in my PJ pants, so if you come over, just expect that. But um, she came over, and she came in, and she just, like, collapsed on the floor, and she just started crying because she had gotten bad news. But um, it's so new, so it's a little hard because seeing her go through that. But it was just one of those victories that's like, oh, my gosh, this girl that keeps me up late because she's 10 years younger than me and comes over and plays Monopoly at 10 o'clock, um, it means something to her that she has family there and that she feels comfortable enough to come to us and that she can just collapse on my floor and cry until she's done and you know um, those are just some really cool things and those are some relationships we've built and I think we've gotten to that point where we're comfortable building those relationships with people at work and our neighbors and I guess 
Eric talking about moving from here to here, some of the next steps we're going to be taking and something that's really been on my heart is letting Grove City now know that we're here, not just places that we go every day, but um, some things in, that we've talked about over the past couple months is um, going into the, the city council meetings and going into the police stations and the fire stations, and I just want to take them cupcakes and cookies and just say, hey, we're here. We want to know what the community needs. We're not here for what we need. We want to be here for what you need. And going into the schools and talking to the principals and the teachers, and um, this is going to be kind of a way for us to build a team. Over the next couple months, we need to build a team of people who want to come alongside of us um, and we can't make it happen. We have our launch date in September. We can't make that happen with just the two of us. We got to have people in the parking lot. We got to have people for the kids program. You know, we got to have music, um, security. So over the next several months, if you could just pray for that, that we have a team of people in the community who want to see the change that we want to see, um, that would be awesome. That prayer will help us a lot, and um, we'll just be able to gather people and have our first vision meeting with some of the people in the community and say. Who wants to be a part of this? Who wants to change Grove City with us? So that's kind of the next step as far as like relationships in the community go for us. You hanging out up here or are you sitting down? You sitting down? Thank you. For real life, can we be real life for a minute? Like we're 31 now. Um, and uh, it's like every year, like when we have a birthday, like, cause I know that like, you know, we're not old, but it just seems like every year we have a birthday that bedtime um, gets a little sooner. So <laughs> it's like, for real, it's like, you know, it's like eight o'clock. It's like, is it time for bed yet? And you know, when I was 20, I'd stay up until midnight or one. I just can't do that anymore. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thanks, Katie, for sharing all the stuff about, uh, you know, the relationships and the things we're building. God has been so good to us. Uh, I just wanted to kind of throw out to you just so um, everybody knows, because um, I'm sure, we're, you know, some of us are curious about where we're going to be in the next several months. Um, we're kind of in the process of finishing up some business stuff right now in terms of getting our church name, um, which is why um, I didn't have it on a slide or anything to announce it, because um, I'm just kind of keeping it under wraps until we are for sure that it's open and available for us to have it. Um, you know, bank accounts, all those types of things. Uh, we need uh, team members, so we're going to be working in the process of getting team members and training them, um, developing programs, tracks, things like that, getting our finances, and also getting our location. Like, we know that we're in Grove City. Um, but we have to find a facility or a location in Grove City where we can meet because our apartment is great, but 10 or 12 people in our apartment is a lot, and there's not a whole lot of room for anything else. Um, so we're taking a look at uh, places that we can rent, schools, meeting halls, um, things like that, um, as well as just kind of building uh, our relationships and getting into the outreach and the marketing and awareness um, for the community. So that's where we're going to be heading over the next couple months. Um, I did want to want to let you know, you know, the reason that that, uh, you know, we're here is is because, you know, again, as we said, this is home for us. Um, and we wanted to be able to come home and share with you guys about what we're doing. And again, we're so thankful for the opportunity uh, that you guys have opened up the church for us to come home uh, and share. But I also wanted to let you know about a couple ways that you could partner with us um, as we go about the next couple months to do this church 
plant. The first one is prayer. Uh, more important than anything else, we really would love your prayer support um, over the next couple of months as we are developing this. Um, it is hands down the most important thing. Um, you know, money is uh, important and we're going to need money um, and finances to get us up and moving, but prayer is so important. And I'm well aware of the fact that um, the prayers that you guys pray for us over the next couple months could be still paying off five years down the road. Um, I mean, that's how important prayer is. That's how powerful prayer is. And uh, so if you would uh, join us in prayer, please. A couple of things that we really need prayer for at the moment are just kind of wisdom and discernment as we keep moving forward, as well as for, um, for team members, for a facility, and for open doors um, and relationships um, in the community. And uh, the other way that you can partner with us, I was going to, I'll put in a third way because Katie kind of whispered this uh, a couple minutes before we came up. It was like, you know what? There's some houses in, for sale in Grove City. Um, there's houses for sale if anybody wants to move and help. No, um, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You guys have a wonderful church here and uh, we don't want to pull anybody from that. The other way that you can support us other than just prayer is uh, with finances. I believe we're going to take an offering here uh, in a couple minutes. Um, Right now, the way our funding is working is we've got a couple organizations that are helping us, uh, providing financing and some some financial resources for us. It's all based around matching funds. So in other words, we have to raise so much um, before they would put in um, kind of a matching amount to even that out for us. Um, And so right now, our first goal that we're on, because we're at the very beginning kind of of the fundraising process, our first goal is to raise $10,000, because if we can raise that $10,000, then that kind of unlocks some of that matching funds from some other um, partners that are going to help us. So uh, that's kind of where we're working towards right now. Um, And I know that we're going to take an offering here. Um, It's also possible if you wanted to give, um, you know, beyond just today, I know that Pastor Joe can uh, make that happen or get us in the right spot, um, or we even have an option to do it online if anybody is interested in that. But uh, I just wanted to kind of throw those out there. Um, But uh, we would really for sure, uh, like I said, more than anything, appreciate uh, your prayers as we go through the next couple of months because uh, we really are going to need the Lord's help and the Lord's strength and the Lord's wisdom uh, to continue to move forward on this process. So uh, before um, I wrap this up and give it to Pastor Joe, I was wondering if I could just pray for you guys, um, just to kind of wrap up uh, what we talked about today and, and just to, to say a prayer of blessing over you guys. So if uh, you wouldn't mind, would you join me in prayer? Father, we are so thankful for all that you do for us, God, and we are so thankful for your son, Jesus. God, we're thankful for the life change that he brings God, that, uh, that you loved us so much that, that you gave him so freely. And we're just so thankful for that, God. Lord, I pray that your blessing would be upon each and every person that's here today. God, I pray that as they continue to seek you and follow you in the different avenues of their life, God, I pray that you would equip them and empower them uh, by your spirit, that you would enable them to, um, to see the things that you have set out for them in the future. And Lord, that you would help us all to open our hearts up more to you so that we can allow you to to mold us, to shape us, and to carry us from where we are 
to the places where you want us to be so that you can open up the right doors, so that you can put us in the right place at the right time for miracles to happen, for people to be healed, for hearts and lives to be changed, for people to come to know you. And God, as we all step out and do that, I pray that a great uh, move of your spirit would move over Byesville and Cambridge and Guernsey County. And God, would you be at work in a great and mighty way in this church and in this community. God, we thank you so much again for all that you do. God, we love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. This morning, we want to give you opportunity to make investment in this ministry. You may, if, if you're not, if you weren't prepared today, that's fine. We can, you know, you can keep putting money in them for the weeks and we'll make sure that it gets where it needs to go to them. And as you pray over them, you know, they're part of us. You know, when I first came pastor here, there were some things that I wanted, uh, that I felt in my heart that God wanted to do here. One was create a family atmosphere. And as I, you know, I've, I've heard uh, testimonies from some of you over the last several weeks of, man, when I came here, it just felt like family. It just felt like I was home. And that's what we we, we want to cultivate. We cultivate that here. We pray for that here. The second thing is that I wanted us to be kingdom-minded, that it was bigger than just us, that the kingdom of God was more than just this local assembly, that it reached out. And because of God's faithfulness to us and our ability to have a, a mindset that goes beyond just Byesville, we have been able to reach so many areas and so many missions for the kingdom of God. We have such an opportunity here now to make an investment in family and to help them with what God's called them to do. And so today, like I said, maybe you're not prepared, that's fine. You can either seek them out online or you can write a check anytime over the next several weeks if you want to do that. And we'll make sure we send it right to Pastor Eric and Katie. But let's Let's at least put them on our prayer list. At the very least today, put them on your prayer list. And I challenge you to sow a seed. There's a principle in Scripture that you cannot give God. It's a thought process. And I believe that to be true. That no matter where I give or how much I give, God always is faithful to give it back to me. It may not just be in finances, but He gives me. He gives me life every day gives me joy in my heart. And it renews that, that willingness to be able to give helps your relationship with God to grow. And it may not be, like I said, it may not be financial stuff that you get back, but there's a growth that happens inside of you that is, you can't put a price on. And so today I challenge you, let's do that. Brothers, would you come? If you're making out a check, make it out to Byesville Assembly of God. And we'll write check to them. And that goes for any week. If you're doing that any week, if you're not uh, moving forward, make out a check to us and just earmark it. Pastor Eric and Katie Zimmer. And we'll make sure it gets where it's supposed to go. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. God, the relationship that we have with the Zimmers, it speaks to health. 
because God, it, it speaks to the fact that Lord, we had just a small part in the growth process. We had we had a small part to play, and and then Lord, you took them and you sent them as part of our family to Grove City to do your work, to expand the kingdom of God there. And just as we did a year ago, we affirm them in that. We affirm that, God, you've called. And, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that as we partake of this offering, that that's the next step for us to be able to to give and to show the love of God to them. And that we can have an investment financially and have an investment in prayer in the kingdom things. I thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray you bless the gift, the offering as it comes today. God, may it multiply and may you meet the needs. God, as they step into this next phase of their ministry, I pray every need every would be met. I pray, God, that you give favor with city council officials. I pray, God, that you give anointing with the power of God over cupcakes and cookies as they go to fire departments and police chiefs and and God as they go to mayor's offices and they go to high schools and junior highs and throughout the whole area God I pray an anointing in favor of God that you would open doors that no man could shut and God in favor of you God would just fall on them It's all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Would you stand? Father, today we're so grateful we had time to be with you today. Bless our day. And pray, God, for just a great week as we have set aside this week to seek after you in prayer and fasting. God, meet with us each and every day, we pray. We love you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you for just the greatness of who you are. Go with us this week. Open doors of opportunity for us to share the goodness of Jesus with other folks. And God, may you be glorified in everything we do. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.